Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. My name is Michael. Thanks for being here. We're jumping right in. That's how much show. That's how much show there is this week. Tons to cover. Uh, I have a great guest for you. Wonderful dude. My buddy Ryan James Gerdusky is here. He's a writer. He's a political consultant. He's a humorist. He's got a great book out called They're Not Listening. It's how the elites created the populist revolution. It's a good one. It's a great conversation. So we've got a couple of uh, blocks with Ryan. He's just, I like the dude. He knows what's up. And he's, you've heard him on the show before. He's been a guest before. We dig him. So then we're going to dip over into the uh, the Patreon segment of the show. Yeah. And that's where we're going to be talking about uh, tweeters and the Elon Musk, and the DNC, and the censorship, and the Biden laptop. That's where we're going to be talking about, uh, ooh, the update on the book. I'm so glad I remembered that. See, I told you last week, I'm horrible at self-promotion. So the book, you guys, uh, neither stunning nor brave, thank you to everybody who has picked that up. So check this out. There's a, I got to clear this up on Facebook. I think there's some people think that I'm like... Uh, really doing well with it. The book's doing good. The book is number seven in its category. There's people out there in the universe and in the world bragging on me, thinking I have the number seven book on all of Amazon. I wish, I wish that was the case. We'll make that happen. But right now, it is the number seven book in its category. Because the book is set in the not-so-distant future, they call it science fiction. And because the uh, novel is told with a lot of humor, they're calling it humor. So in the category of humorous science fiction, I'm number seven, which I'll take. That's a top 10, baby. And the uh, the competition is, is pretty much Doug Adams, Douglas Adams, the guy who wrote uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's a bunch of those books, which are insanely great books. So, uh, I feel like I'm in good company. So thank you to everyone who was bragging on me, thinking I had the number seven book on all of Amazon. Uh, it's number seven in its category. But let's get it to number one. Yeah? Yes, I brought the guitar. Um, I'm playing around with some uh, with an idea for a Christmas thing. So here's what else is coming on the show. I'll save, I'll save the Christmas thing. If I goof around with it, that'll be on Patreon. Because the other thing... Uh, that's going to be happening on Patreon is this uh, Balenciaga madness and how I really think I want to start using uh, Balenciaga. It should be like a, a verb. It should be the act of it's like when you see something super horrifying and then everyone is expected to behave as though it didn't happen. That should be like Balenciaga. You got Balenciaga. You know, it's uh we're supposed to we're supposed to just forget uh, about the 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 FBI and what they did and leaking documents and setting up Trump to make it look like Russia collusion and all that. That we're supposed to just Balenciaga that Balenciaga is a uh, horrifying unto itself. And what Kim Kardashian and anybody who works with that company, anybody associated with that company, my God. Shame on you. I don't want to, I'm going to get so pissed. I'll get so pissed. I'll get, I'll do the whole thing right now. But it's not going to be uh, balenciaga And one thing uh, that did kind of get, and we're going to get into this on Patreon as well. 
I was scrolling through Twitter uh, this morning, having my coffee, as I do, and someone posted the uh, a picture of the, the cover of Time Magazine. And I'm like, that cover looks really familiar. And I, I had done a video about this story, and it was called The Secret History of the 2020 Election. And this is a story that Time Magazine did. I did a video about it because it was just so outrageous how everyone bragged about this secret cabal that got together that helped get uh, Biden over the finish line and how they did it. And and Twitter was, was one of those. And now that Twitter's back in the news with what's going on with uh, Elon Musk and making all those uh, emails public and you, you just... It's just that confirmation, and and there's a lot of people out there trying to Balenciaga it. Well, no, I shall not be Balenciaga'd. Not at all. Not one little bit. So we got a great show for you. And then I'll tell you this one <laughs> before we go. I was at the grocery store just now, before I started uh, recording. And, and I don't know why, it's just, there was this lady like listening to like like rock music. She was like listening, like like she had a freaking boom box, just walking through the grocery store. And she was playing John Cougar Melon Camp, that R-O-C-K in the USA. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, good tune. And she's like, yeah, man, gotta rock and roll. And, and she was like into it. She was legit. There was no, and I, and I, I so desperately just want to say, yeah, you do. Rock on, sugar tits. I really, like everything in, <laughs> it like almost came out of my mouth because the, the way she just said it, like so confidently, and she was like bobbing her head. She's like, yeah, gotta, gotta rock and roll. I'm like, yeah, you do. Rock on, sugar tits. It's just, I didn't, but then it occurred to me, uh, is is are we still mad at sugar tits? Are you still? I, I, it seems like that's one of those ones you're not allowed to say anymore. But I, it seems like such a compliment. Like if you have if you have sugar tits, that's that's a great thing. That seems like a t- especially this time of year. <laughs> so get in the Christmas spirit, sugar tits. All right, we have a great show. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll over to the to the interview with Ryan James Gurdusky, but join me over at uh, Patreon where oh we got to cover some new movies too. There's yeah some Indiana Jones stuff. Mm, I'm on the fence about that one, but that's all I'm gonna say right now. I will see the rest of you over on Patreon where you belong, and you look awesome, sugar tits. You knew I had to do it. You knew I had to do it. We'll be right back. You guys, I'm totally thrilled about our next guest. He's been on the show in the past, but oh, ever so busy with his ginormous career. We got Ryan James Gurdusky here. How you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me, Michael. How are you doing? I've, I've, I'm good. I'm not as busy as you. I'm not yeah. as busy as you. 
but I'm doing pretty well. Good. Okay, I see, like, you have, uh, and this is what I love. You were on, you've been on the show many times, going way back. And I've always been like, man, that dude knows what's going on. You were verified on Twitter, like, way before Elon came up. Right. Uh, And you wrote a really, and I want to talk about this a lot. I want to talk about your book a lot, which is, uh, which everybody needs to pick up. Uh, they're not listening, which is all about the rise of populism and the elites. How would you describe the book? I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So the book is basically like for people who, well, honestly, it's more for Trump critics than anybody else, but people who really did not, um, understand what, like how Trump came about and thought that it was really out of nowhere uh, it maps out kind of how this was going on for a very long time around the entire world. Like every developed nation was having this rise of populism and it maps it out. It charts it out from like uh, from about 1998, which is when I when I say it started really until um, until 2016, 2018, I go to. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm I'm totally on board the the populist movement. I'm totally on board with the America First movement. And I thought there was a moment for me uh, during uh, what I call Rona, uh, the Wuhan, the Chinese flu, as Trump would call it, where it's like, you realize we can't make antibiotics here. Yeah, that was like the crazy thing about COVID was like, it kind of proved that everything Trump had said in 2016 was correct. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he was not able then to articulate that into 2020. Like he was not articulating it the same exact way that he had been articulating it beforehand. But he was correct about everything, about that we don't make things in this country anymore, that we can't, you know, the nation that defended, you know, the world from Nazis and communists couldn't build ventilators if they wanted to. Um, you know, and like the basics, it's, it was, it's really, it's really, really, really nuts. And, um, and it is problematic. And that's why, you know, we're doing some things about, about semiconductors now, and there's some production, but it's, it's very slow and it's not nearly enough. And more importantly, it's also not going to the places that have been destroyed by globalism to begin with. Like those right. jobs are still going to, you know, they're going to Arizona or, or California. They're not going to, um, to mostly to uh, to the Midwest and to places that have been really wrecked by by globalism. Yeah, it's 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 funny, but my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, which I could make a really good argument. I went there for the first time this year. How much fun did you have? Um, it was a cute. It was not. It was not a bad place. It really was. It was a nice town. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was actually much better than many other parts of Ohio that I've been to. <laughs> well, I I could make it's it's a very odd place. It's almost like a secret city because like if you just skim over it, you're like, yep, that that is what it is. But when you scratch a little bit beneath the surface, there is a ton of really cool stuff to do. And that town is 100 percent recession proof. Like just and I don't, I don't want to get into it right now, but there's a there's a big uh, military presence there. There's a big corporate presence there. There's a big university there. If any one sector of the economy hits, 
another segment will pick it up. You know, the limited has its headquarters there. A lot of fast food, yada, yada, yada. But they just got a huge uh, chip factory. There's a couple yeah. things that are coming there. It's just, it's it's crazy. And it's weird. It's like, I'm happy for Columbus, Ohio. However, that town was going to be okay already. I, you almost want that chip factory to open up in West Virginia. Or, no, or in Cleveland. No, fuck Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Cleveland is a town that needs some help pretty badly. Uh, Columbus is probably the most advanced Ohio city. Um, when it comes down to it, I mean, it's doing much better than Cincinnati is or, or, uh, or, or, or Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland is like, you know, in third world conditions, parts of it. Well, Cleveland yes. was the place I saw someone put a mattress in a pothole because that was how big the pothole had become. Oh my God. I mean, it was, it was rough. I mean, it was definitely rough. And like, like there's no industry still there outside of maybe like maybe some real estate development or whatever that people are, are, are making like a decent living on. It's very, it's very, very uh, sad and strange. It's almost like, no, we've just given up on it. We'll just pack up and we'll move to the next place. Well, you know what? It's really, and I want to get back to, I want to get back to like uh, Trump and populism and the messaging after this, but I, I was in, um, I was going to do a show uh, for the history channel. And I was in Detroit and I was doing stand up and I was doing research on this really cool, like rock and roll bowling alley where, you know, Jack White got wh whatever, whatever. So I went out with some friends who have not given up on Detroit. They still live downtown. And Detroit, I think, made a really good call uh, by giving up in, in, in this what? respect. Well, it's like, let the people decide. We went to this restaurant downtown. And like we're across from like this burned out building that was uh, in the movie, The Transformers. They're like, fuck it. Just let Optimus Prime destroy it. Right. So it was like this. It was a very surreal experience. But I'm in this great barbecue restaurant across from this burned out building. And then these really, really odd like startup businesses downtown, like the city of Detroit is like, just try it. We'll give you a sweet deal. If you want to rent some space downtown, go for it. We don't know anymore. And I think that's like the best hope, you know, is just let let the people try. Go go be an entrepreneur, try to sell some shit and hopefully it'll work because like the elites have let you down. The people, the elected officials have let you down. They're not they're not listening. I love the title of your book. They're not. Well, and, and it's also and also it's the people who hated Trump the most that were most responsible, the biggest catalyst for his rise. It was yes. on the Clintons and the Obamas and the, you know, you name them who really are Cheney's or whoever they, they were responsible for, for everything that they hate and how the trajectory of the country happened. It would happen because of them. Yes. Yes. And so yeah, it's always wild. And all like the, the never Trumpers are all, you know, coming out of their little prairie dog holes again now. You know, once Trump announced that he's running again and, you know, th they just can't wait. And I've just never like I've never seen a, a circular firing squad on this level. And there's still people out there that are going, well, if Trump is the uh, nominee, I can't vote for him. I can't do it in good conscience. Like, seriously, you can look around the country and, and you and you're like, yeah, let's keep doing this. That's how much I don't like Trump. And then if you look back at the stats at the at the stats trump was putting up they were amazing so 
I want to, this is where I, I want to come back to the messaging of it all. Cause like right now, all hell is breaking loose on Twitter with Elon Musk and the Biden laptop story. So do you think like in 2020 it was, it was, was it Trump's messaging so much or was it also social media and what they were letting through and what they weren't letting through? Well, I mean, it's difficult to sit there and say, I think that, I think part of it was that a significant portion of the country were tired of him. I mean, you could only be, you can only put on that kind of show for so long before people are just tired of it. And I think that people really were tired of it. They were tired of it being chaotic all the time. Um, and there was a real desire for some level of normalcy that he was not giving. Okay. Uh, so really, really quickly though, I want to throw this in because I, this is my theory on it. Was it truly that things were chaotic or was that just the media narrative? Cause it seems to me that was the, the media just convincing people, oh, it's messed up. It's crazy now. It's really messed up. This is the worst. And then it's like the media convinced everybody that it was chaotic. What was what was the what was the chaos? No, I, I agree. I agree with you. To, I agree with you to an extent. It was a lot of it was the media narrative and the media was selling. It was like it's like that old saying, like if the uh, if God didn't exist, we'd have to make him up kind of deal because yeah. they were very high on their own supply of like let's get this narrative out and actually ironically when trump announced in for the 2020 election 2024 election rather the network that picked him up the most was msnbc yeah they need him they need him for the ratings it's it's yeah. it's, it's a sugar high for these people um uh but at, at the same time that it was um that it was a lot of it was media narrative and you know they would take everything from how many ice scoops of ice cream he had to uh to meetings with the world leaders of, and make it all a controversy and it really exhausted people in the end yeah. um i think that sometimes he would feed into that i think it was the endless tweeting the endless arguing about why people who Someone was asked about him and he'd go on the offensive. Why? Everyone was a loser. I think after a while, people just want, God, they did genuinely get tired of it. A lot of people got tired of it. And that's, I mean, that extends to today. I mean, part of the reason that Republicans underperformed in the midterms was partially because of Donald Trump. You know, any candidate that really ran on that 2020 was stolen, lost, uh, and they lost bad. And I so think. What do you what do you think happened with with Carrie Lake in Arizona? I think well, there was a couple things. One, she decided that her closing argument in Arizona was going to be uh, let's trash John McCain, which I mean, Republicans in West Virginia don't say, hey, let's let's trash um, uh, Bob Bird because yeah. he's beloved in the state and he's also dead. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad people in this history of this country who really fuck things up. Really bad people. Uh, Teddy Kennedy was really awful. Lyndon Johnson was really awful. We don't spend our time talking about uh, dead people, especially not in the state where people still love them. And that's what Carrie, Carrie Lake's closing argument was: If you are a, a John McCain Republican, don't vote for me. Well, they didn't. That was that's that's that was one that was incredibly stupid. I told her campaign, I contacted her campaign months ago, and I said you need to stop alienating other Republicans. There's not enough of them in that state where you're gonna be able to have all this excess people. So that was one very stupid. And two, they made the entire campaign to a certain degree about the 2020 election, which is why I think in Donald Trump's hour-long announcement speech. 
2020 didn't come up one time. Never brought it up. Because it is extremely, extremely toxic to college-educated voters. And look, there were five, there were nine statewide elections in um, in Arizona this year. Republicans won five. The four they lost, everyone was running on the election was stolen. So if you well, really want to win, you really need to drop the whole election was stolen nonsense. People do not want to hear it anymore. They do not care about it. And that really, and it just, it hurt. It hurt after a while. Now, were there other things like, you know, the election, the the um, the polls didn't open on time or the machines didn't work on time? Okay, possibly. But she lost by a lot of votes. More than I think that, that one or two machines not working influenced it. And um, and I think that that is, uh, I think that, it, and also at the same time, if you are convinced that Democrats are going to rig the machines or have them not work or whatever the case is, go vote early. There's no excuse at this point. You know, I, there's there, there's no reason to romanticize voting on election day the way Republicans do. There's no excuse. Do I wish there was like not you know two months of early voting? Yes, I think that's stupid. But don't you know play the game as it's written. Don't play. Don't you know don't hate on it. Play the game. See, now I am one of those same day voting, show your ID, paper ballot guys. It's doing a little bit of research. It's wild how many countries in Europe just got rid of mail-in ballots. They just got rid of them because one, there is cheating. And two, there's the specter of cheating. And like until people can make it like, abundantly this is on the up and up this is completely i have no problem uh losing i mean i have a problem losing i'm gonna i'm gonna try harder the next time but it's like <laughs> you're just you're just adding fuel to the fire there's too many listen uh there's too many juicy conspiracy theories out there that oh, hold i agree with you and i hate conspiracy theories and i think that it, i think that there shouldn't be mail i do agree but if you want to make those changes you gotta win Yes, like you got to win to make those changes. And I agree. I don't. I don't want you know, or like ma mass mail-in voting. I don't want no excuse absentee voting. I I've only voted once early in my entire life, and it was because I was genuinely not going to be in the state. But yeah. I, I, if you want to change the laws, eventually you got to win to do it. And you can't sit there and, and make excuses and uh, say, well, you know, X, Y, and Z is unfair. Life's unfair. You have to work to win. And other candidates throughout the state did win. And she did not. And I think there was a multiple things that were affecting her. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it's the campaign. Yeah. I'll agree with you to a certain extent there. And I think a lot of it was like everyone completely underestimated uh, the power and messaging of my body, my choice. They really, I, I think they firmly convinced people that. You know, and like Lindsey Graham was zero help in you know, that. So stupid. His so I, th whole, I think like, that was on purpose. Was there's there's so... no way Lindsey Graham is that stupid. He does he did that on purpose, dude. I I think that he I do I I'm okay. I don't defend Lindsey Graham because I genuinely don't like Lindsey Graham. But <laughs> I think that he saw early polling, which was from like a year ago, which said most Americans support a 15 week ban, which has always been the case. However, yes. um. They said they said that when there was no chance of that ever happening. So once that that, that a ban meant a ban, like a real ban, they, they freaked out. 
So I think that that was, I think the whole, I think that one, people got high on their own supply. People sat there and believed every BS poll that showed Republicans up 30 points that they wanted to, because it was, you know, we, we believed it and everyone we knew was voting Republican. So how could it not be true? And, um, and I think that the two, the two issues that killed us was one row hurt us very badly because a lot of Republicans who had been quote unquote pro-life, but never had to really talk about it in a way that it was ever going to mean anything, uh, couldn't talk about it, honestly. And they didn't know what to say, say to people. You had people like Dr. Roz saying, oh, it's just a choice between, you know, your doctor and your local government. Yeah. Um, a, that was the things. worst response I have seen in recent memory. <laughs> We're gonna let a, we're gonna let a, a a panel of bureaucrats decide whether you what <laughs> was what awful. that's the nightmare you just described the nightmare. <laughs> yeah, awful, awful answer. And then um and then you had also by the way, uh, besides the abortion thing, you had Rick Scott screaming that we're gonna sit there and cut Social Security, which is another like dumb thing to sit there and say. Yes, um, wasn't, didn't Mike Lee also say some crap about that? Yeah, and Blake Masters. They all sat there and said, we're going to cut Social Security. And then you had a lot of candidates running around talking endlessly about the 2020 election. So if your concerns are yeah, the inflation and the economy, you may, and but and you keep hearing Republicans are weird. Republicans are crazy. Republicans are in a cult. And then you sound weird and crazy and like you're in a cult. You really don't do anything <laughs> for college-educated voters. Listen, America... I'm not in a cult. I'm not crazy. But just take this pamphlet, face northeast, and put this quarter under your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was there was a guy once, there was one of the most genius political moves ever by anybody was in Idaho. I want to say it was in 2014. The governor allowed anyone who was challenging him in the Republican primary to debate him. So it was like these two, one was like a biker, and one was like an old crazy guy, and then one was like a state senator. So they did a debate and the, the the biker was like, don't believe that I'm crazy because I'm not. And then like he was like, here's a letter I got from a priest in Africa telling me I was going to be president and I had to run for governor. For They were so nuts that they made the state, they, they made the whole debate a joke. It's on YouTube. You could watch it. Yeah. And uh, and like the state senator, like he was getting the airtime because he was like, sounded like normal politician speak. Well, it's too funny, guy. But there is what the other thing that happened in Arizona is uh, Watch's lady did not do a single debate. And that. Oh, Clary Hobbs, yeah. Yeah, that I found very telling. Uh, and, and it's that's a scary place. That's a scary place. We're going to get into this uh, when we come back. We have to we have to take a break. But this is great. I want to talk more America first. And and I the other thing that I think that everyone is is missing is the the power of the narrative and the power of pop culture. We'll be right back with celebrated author and all around good guy Ryan James Gerdusky. He wrote the book. They're not listening. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. We're back, everybody, with Ryan James Gurdusky. We, I want to get right back into it. I don't want to. Lose, I lose my train of thought. I, I lose my train of thought easier probably than Joe Biden. But here we go. So it to me, uh, we were talking about what happened in in, in Arizona, and and uh, what is what is nuts chick not even showing up to a debate, which to me is terrifying. Which. I don't like, and then like the same thing with uh, John Fetterman and the lump. You know, so many people had voted and done early voting before they even saw him during a debate. And I think if the liberals had their way, they would just never show up to a debate again. They got, uh, they somehow, by hook or by crook, got Joe Biden across the finish line by keeping him in a basement. Now, I'm sure they were thrilled with how especially the first debate went with Trump. But I think it's become painfully obvious to the left and and the people who go deep inside the numbers. Uh, the messaging is just better. The, 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 their cultural references are just better. They have they can scare. They can scare the the population much easier than the conservatives can. And it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. That's that's my opinion. I'm sure you've probably seen the stat, uh, Ryan, that like 70% uh, of little kids are like deeply, deeply concerned about climate change. I did not say that stat. I'm not surprised by it, but I I did not see it, though. Yeah. Um, You'll uh, never win another election if 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 kids are and especially now with like, uh, you know, the 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 question your own gender and all that stuff. You'll just we're, we're bringing up children to be liberals and by the time they do any critical thinking it'll be too late we'll we'll vote ourselves into socialism boy that's a downer well that's why i that's why i started my school board pack elections is because um when i started my super pack for school board elections it was because of um over over the way that education especially during covid really shaped and and post uh george floyd really shaped up um yeah, I agree with you. And there's a lot to be done. Um, and I and I I am, uh, you know, very adamantly opposed to um, to the way that we have held elections. And, and yeah, and with um with 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 Pennsylvania and how before the debate, there was already I think 800,000 people had voted. 
However, I will say this is that most likely if you are voting that early, you know how you're voting. And I think that the, um, I don't know if those people will be able to be touched or changed or anything like that. I think yeah. that um, there is multiple lessons to learn from this last election. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Dr. Oz was a great candidate in any sense of the word, but he wasn't the worst candidate. He did work and try really, really hard. The problem was down ballot for the governor's election. You had Doug Mastriano who was uh, as lucid as Jim Jones on his best day. <laughs> uh, you, you know, that's just the case. You had a complete nutbag running for governor who ran on not only overturning the 2020 election, which is impossible, uh, but he also ran on, in, uh, on arresting women who had abortions and charging them with capital murder or, uh, or a homicide or in the first degree or whatever he said. And then he said that he was going to unregister every voter in the state and they would all have to re-register. Those are his like three big things. Wow. That's, uh, that's quite the platform. And the Democrat was running on legalizing pot. So, I mean, like talk about, <laughs> you know, talk about like the, the difference in conversation that people are having. He was so crazy uh, that, um, he got 41 or 42, or he got, he bombed. Um, yeah. But Oz got like 300,000 people who voted for the Democrat, for the governor voting for him. But it's just, when you're losing, when the, when the governor, when the, when the big vote getter is losing by 18 points, there's only so much you could do to pull it together. It just is. There's, you know, it's too many people who hate the guy running for governor. Um, and I think that those are lessons that like should have sat there and learned. We did nominate a complete, you know, fruit loop in Wisconsin. We did nominate a complete crazy person. And although she was very, very good on television um, in uh, in the in the general election, uh, um, what's her face? The guy, oh, woman from Arizona. Um, really? Yeah, really. She was great on television. I mean, she's brilliant. But she spent the entire primary trying to sit there and splinter moderates from the party and where we lost in this election was unfortunately a lot of MAGA candidates lost the independent vote. Republicans turned out, they turned out in huge numbers, but independents felt like these people were like just off and they did everything. They, they, they did everything to sound like they were crazy. And mind you, one other thing, one other thing, you had Democrats campaigning on TikTok to young people doing those stupid, insane dances that way. I thought were retarded, but kids yes. were watching. People were watching them. That's where people are. I mean, I don't like TikTok, but that's where they are. Yeah. Um, and what did we have us doing? I don't know, hanging out with Steve Bannon and his, you know, and his skin breakouts. Like what, like what were we doing that was like on the same level? Nothing. So, and it's it's very funny. Uh, and for all the listeners out there, to what to what Mister Gerdusky just said. I'll, I'll have a video on, and I, I, I got on TikTok just to see, because uh, some people who know way more than me are like, dude, you have to get on TikTok because the, it, the algorithm isn't set yet. They're still working on their algorithm. There's just too much content. They can't sift through it yet. So I'll do a tick, I'll do a, uh, I'll do a video and I'll put it on YouTube, you know, and it'll get like a thousand, two thousand views. I put that same video on TikTok. 90,000 views. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's completely nuts. So now I'm going to go 
here, like I'm I'm a huge Carrie Lake fan. I don't know who was running her campaign or telling her. It was is- um it was oh god it, they remember those people who did like those the commercials for Kim Klasik that um, like, um oh god they they did remember the commercial Kim Klasik where she was walking through Baltimore. Oh yeah, that was a great they, ad. That was a great ad, but they also had a lot of like kind of shitty ads. Uh, they were the ones <laughs> in Fair Lakes. I mean, they were. I, I I hung. I ended up getting in a car with them, and they're like, "Remember when you said that this commercial was bad?" I said, "Yeah, they, we did that one." I was like, "Oh, that was really bad." They did one for like I have running in Texas where he was like riding a, a bull. Kim Classics ad was very good, but a lot of them were very stupid. And they were the yeah. ones who ran Fair uh, Lakes ad, and I just told them over and over again. You know, I was trying to help her with her education platform. I just been saying, you know, you really have to stop attacking John McCain. Attack Liz Cheney. She's not from the state. It's easy. Yeah. You see, now, but here's, here's what I think happened. And I think there's a lot of this going on. Uh, you've got the old school elites mm-hmm. in the GOP that want things to go back to, you know, uh, 2012 or whatever it is. They want to go back pre-Trump. Yeah. And they cannot wait because that's where all the money is. That's where all the power is. You can go back to the, the status quo. So I think if if I'm if I'm Mitch McConnell, what I'm going to do is is I'm going to look at these candidates that are out there and just let them go. Just let them go. I'm not going to help them. I'm not going to do any course corrections. I'm not going to use my vast wealth of political knowledge to help them out. And then. If they do lose, then I can go, see, that's what happened. What yeah, the, the name you associate the name Donald Trump with a candidate, and it's a descent. Y'all gotta do what I want. And then you're back where you started before Trump. And we're in the same elitist. It, it's crazy how these conservatives, they call themselves conservatives, they keep sending money over to Ukraine. And they're not even asking for receipts. They keep signing off on these huge omnibus bills. And it's it's madness. And it's so infuriating. And that's what you're you're driving people to Trump. I, I, I agree with you on 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 part of that. But Ukraine, certainly. But the thing about McConnell was McConnell did spend a lot of money on Trump candidates. I mean, Don Bullock, who was running on a, overturning the 17th Amendment was his number one issue um in new hampshire got he was a trump guy and he got a lot of money from mcconnell i think yeah. mcconnell's refusal to fund like masters came well i can tell you this because i know this for a fact mcconnell had a rule and has a rule for candidates and it's don't campaign or talk about mitch mcconnell so if you sit there and say i'm going to make sure when i am a senator i am not voting to um, I am not voting to to keep McConnell as majority leader or minority leader. That yeah. is when he cuts you off. So right. he's been 20 million in Alabama against um, Mo Brooks, the great Mo Brooks, um, because Mo was running on opposing Mitch McConnell. Uh, and that's why 20 million in a safe state is very, very stupid waste of money. But he spent a lot of time trying to screw over Mo Brooks. Um he spent $5 million in New Hampshire primary that he didn't need to spend because he lost anyway to Don Bullock, the Trump guy. But then he spent millions to save Don Bullock. I think Blake did two things. One, Blake ran a very bad campaign for parts of it. Um, and two, uh, and two, Blake was running against an incumbent, which the other ones were running more of an open seat. But Blake said that he would oppose Mitch McConnell. 
And I think that is why McConnell, he let McConnell out to dry. McConnell let him yeah. out to dry more than more than the Trump thing, because there was a lot of Trump people who got money from Mitch McConnell. They just weren't talking about Mitch McConnell. Right. Right. So. So here's what I want to know, because I, I I have to maintain optimism and I have and, and, I, and the, I go to the messaging of it all. And I really don't think. The vast majority of Americans realize just all the things that we rely on China for, you know, and I think I think that's a super uh, powerful message across the board when people and this is how we started the conversation was was like I was blown away when I'm like, okay, we could you mean to tell me we can run out of penicillin, we can run out of antibiotics and we cannot make any more to me. Right. That's like, that's not, that's not fucking America first, bro. That's, that's, uh, that's just common sense. I think everyone would vote for that. Right. No, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. They would. Um, that was not when you, when you discuss it like that. Yeah. I think that's a great message. I would think a candidate should run on that. But when you are, when you lose that, trying to do you know like there's like a bit this way you know like there's a great singer and they have a great singer but they have fireworks in their show and dancers and a monkey and they have to float on a ball like the voice is like the last thing that people care about but they actually if they stood next to a piano and sang they'd be a great singer it's a lot like that when you have to do 700 pony tricks about how you are authentically the real conservative. So you have to sound like an asshole. And a lot of people took the wrong lesson from Trump. The lesson from Trump is the 2016 election message from Trump is that there are a lot of people in this country, tens of millions who feel screwed over by the elite, who feel that their country has been left for sale by powerful people who feel that immigration is out of control, that they don't want high legal immigration or illegal immigration or any legal immigration. They don't want endless foreign wars. They want their jobs back and they want to stop dying of deaths of despair. That's the message. What a lot of politicians took is, is, hey, if I act like a jackass on Twitter, people will like me, which is the wrong message. I could not agree with you more, man. And it's like, who is advising these jackholes? That's like, here's the, here's what I really, and listen, I was not on the Trump train. When he came down the escalator, uh, you can go back and listen to old episodes of, of the show. And then I slowly but surely was like, yep, that's the dude right there. It's, I, I, I struggle to, to find the correct words. I keep coming back to common sense. It's like these morons want to make it all look so complicated and oh i'm going in and i got to struggle to get this and oh i've got to present myself as that and this cartoonish horribly bad commercial it's like hey dumb shits it's not that hard like how do we i want i want more of that in politics i want more well, of the but citizen but, I mean, politics the the ronda sanders won in america's biggest swing state he won by 20 points the, the the election because of I mean because of two people Lee Zeldin and and Ron DeSantis the election Rubio won by a bigger margin in Florida than Chuck Schumer won in New York. But however, but dude, didn't didn't DeSantis also keep an eye on their elections hardcore? Like he did, he did fired, both things. I mean, he fired some people, and also Florida has been after Florida was embarrassed in two thousand. Uh, yeah. They did change a lot of elections. There's no reason why California is still counting votes. Yes. 
Yes, it's it's. But uh, so I think you have to do both things. I think you have to like, and I think uh, DeSantis are, also had like election cops running around, uh, and limited mail-in, ba- whatever. They have mail-in ballots, but they have to. I think they have to. I, I I'm. I think it's them. It might be Georgia, but I think it's. I think it's Florida, where you need to put a picture of your photo. I of your uh, of your uh, of your. Uh, driver's license on your ballot or something something to that effect but they they do have i mean florida two-thirds of florida votes early very few people and that's the way it's been by the way going back 20 years florida always votes early don't vote a month early they vote like three weeks early but they've always voted early and um and they but they have i mean they work on very having very quick secure elections that they count you know in three and a half hours it's the yes. American Idol rule of like, oh, I we should be able to count by a, in a commercial break, right? And then just you know, you leave yourself wide open for that. You know, Democrats just have to wait and see how many votes they need, and then they can just go out and harvest them. Okay, I want to spend a couple minutes on this. This is kind of a a whip turn, but I'm I'm looking at the clock here. The uh, the Twitter Elon Musk. I love the way he's letting this information out through uh, Matt Talibi. Who is who is no fan of Trump? Matt Taibbi, yeah. Taibbi, yeah. Yeah. I always say that wrong. Um, it's it's wild. I I really do. I I don't know how people go to jail though. And but this, <laughs> I, seriously, I it, it's it's slicker than grease. I don't know of any. Where's the criminal wrongdoing? Other than well, maybe I, the the fifty one former members of the intelligence community. But all they said is that, oh, it has the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see anything that's necessarily criminal. I do think that the Republican Congress could have, um, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Vijaya. Um, They could have her go before Congress for an election interference hearing, considering that her hands were all over the blueprint. Yeah. That's what I could see. But I don't know necessarily, I mean, unless she admits to saying, yeah, I wanted to screw around. Um, I don't know if she, if um, if necessarily there is um, it's not a case of wrongdoing. What's it uh, of uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm mispronounced the word, but I think that unless there's absolute evidence that they were like, no, I'm I'm I wanted to do this for this reason, then I think that um, the best you could do is um, is just uh, is just haul them, make their lives miserable, and uh, make them do do what they do to, Dem- to Democrats, do to Republicans all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's this is how you get mob violence. I just want to say all of the because here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to have the right and and people like me who are just here we go again. Here we go again. You've got members of the Justice Department. You've got uh, or the Department of Justice. You got FBI and CIA people, uh, deep state people making sure that they got Joe Biden across the finish line. Yep. Twitter helped them. Twitter killed the story. They wouldn't allow people to share. They were all in on. It's all implied. It's, you know, it, it's it's all implied that 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 Yoel dude who, you know, along with uh, Vagina Girl or Vajayjay, whatever the hell her name is, uh, they just they didn't want Biden to to lose. So they right. came up with any reason they could. And and to me, the meat and potatoes, and I've been screaming this from the mountaintops to whoever will will listen, is they have to demand to see these algorithms. 
No one ever does that. And I was hoping that Elon Musk would do it with Twitter. Like, show me the algorithm. I want to see the algorithm at at Facebook and for YouTube as well. YouTube is the number two search engine on the planet. It bears looking into uh, what are the keywords? How do they, you know, who are you dialing up? Who are you dialing down? These people, they get, to, they call, they get called to testify in front of Congress. And then no one, and they always blame it on the algorithm. Well, the algorithm, well, some, a human being wrote that fucking algorithm. Right. And right. all I mean, they want. But Elon did just take over. So maybe like, we'll, we'll see if he does it and he does, uh, he comes back to it. I hope so. Cause to me, like the, the frustrating part of it, it is like the, the messaging aspect of it all. And, right, and I think that people are naturally distrustful of, of it. And I think especially when, you know, I mean, how many of us have sat there and we've said the word catnip in front of our, our phones and all of a sudden we're getting advertisements for it, you know? Yeah. Like it just, it. I mean, people know that something is not kosher all the time with, with everything. Um, and hopefully they, listen, hopefully they also go after TikTok and all these companies that are Chinese owned um, for a reason. I mean, they are, there's definitely foreign interference or foreign people sitting there and trying to influence our elections. And it is, um, and it is most likely people who are, who are, who are against Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Um, fantastic. Thanks so much, uh, for carving out the time. And what's, what's the name of your, your, your pack that the, uh, it's called the 1776 project pack. We are the first national uh, pack that focuses exclusively on school board elections and having conservatives get elected to school board across the country. And so we have 102 it. school board seats last year. I love it, dude. Yeah. That is the way to go. I'm so yeah. glad you're doing that. So everybody, you, you got to support that pack and you got to get, uh, Ryan's book. They're not listening. And then you got to get uh, my book, Neither Stunning Nor Brave. All of these things that you have to do. Ryan, <laughs> thanks again, buddy. Um, not you. so long next time. We got to have you back sooner. Absolutely. You're a fantastic man. See, I told you. Ryan James Gerdusky, always a great guest. I love having that dude on the show. It went so fast. That was a fast one. All right. So make sure you grab his book. It is called um, They're Not Listening. It's uh, worth the read. Also, get get my book, Neither Stunning Nor Brave, a novel. <laughs> okay, we are going to hightail it over to Patreon. And that's where uh, we're going to keep the conversation going. This is just going to, this is going to be me. We're going to be talking about the, the tweeters, the FBI, the DNC, the election, Biden, Time Magazine, the Balenciaga of it all. And we're also going to be discussing uh, a couple of new movie trailers. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. I love you. I'll see you over on the Patreon portion of the show. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.